And that's when I noticed that if you squint, it kind of looks like a hairy bum hole. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, 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 but enough about Sony's release slate. Welcome, everybody, to the big damn quest. I am here to deliver nerdy news, and Matthew's here to deliver geeky gossip. And just you wait till you find out what's in store this week. Um, <laughs> it's a bumper week. My God, look at that runtime. It uh. is huge. Uh, my name is Christopher Beelzebub Johnson. Uh, my name is Matthew Bellion Watson. <laughs> and you are whoever the fuck you want to be. Um, <laughs> hello, lovely boy. Welcome to our, I believe, 11th episode in social distancing. Oh god, um, yeah. It's, if I've got, got that right, oh god, it's been nearly three months <clears throat> since we've since we've clutched. It's true. We've we, we've seen each other in the flesh twice in the wild, even. Yeah. Um, which was probably the highlights of my last two months. I was like, "There's Matt. Hi, Matt. Oh, you poor, poor man. I can't touch him. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 910 this is the 11th this is indeed the 11th episode in social distancing in lockdown um we should have which, recorded uh, in durham you know i've i've heard like cuz we we've had issues with the sound haven't we where you've had to really tinker with the edit because there's been sound skips yeah yeah apparently apparently if you've got like dodgy hearing or or dodgy eyesight you can just go for a 30 mile drive and and yeah. with your kids in the back seat and and then also go on an excursion to durham conveniently on the same day as your wife's birthday. Uh, so, oh no, that was to Castle, that was to um, Castle uh, Bloody What's It, wasn't it? Barnard Castle. Camelot. Camelot's abandoned, mate. It, it, you know, you know, some friend of the show. <laughs> uh, who I may or not, may, may not be married to. Uh, once uh, Urban explored that site. I was furious. Uh, I was Lord. furious she didn't tell, she didn't properly tell me and then she came and she was like, so we broke it at Camelot. I was like, wait, you've been where? <laughs> and she went, don't be mad. She's like, but look, I brought this home. And it was like a little banner and a pencil. And I went, those things are haunted. Get them the fuck out of this house. Oh, no. Well, we were in a flat at the time, so I wasn't taking any chances. I've seen enough horror films. If you're living Oof. in a 10-story flat and you get haunted by summer, you are going out the window. So get rid of those haunted items. But no, um, it was Bar- <laughs> Barnard Castle. I'm sure everybody listening to this is either A, two camps. Camp A. Sick of hearing about this Everyone story. listening to this is also too camp. Or, but that's very true. That's option C. Uh, or B, has no idea what we're on about because they're from elsewhere. Uh, basically, a very important man in government who told everybody that they need to stay home because, you know, they're meant to, uh, didn't stay home on two separate occasions and possibly spread the coronavirus even further and endangered the lives of all the people yeah. he, his children, didn't, and his wife came into contact with whilst just also stay home, taking a jolly. Didn't just not stay home, but also didn't <clears> stay home whilst symptomatic. Yep. 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 Great. So, you Great. know, that's the world we're living in. And the government are putting all their effort into defending Dominic Cummings. Apart from people who are like deputy under managers and, 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 and MPs and this, that and the other in different districts and regions. There have been several who've resigned over it. So like, right, we're resigning in protest. We can't be with the Conservative Party anymore. We're, res- but not, we're resigning. Which, you know, you know, it's bad when that starts happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and then weirdly... um, What's it? Uh, the government have batted away the 
calls for a resignation from several MPs towards Dominic Cummings. And even, even the Daily Mail, like, are going, you know what, like, we're going to stand with the country on this one and not be twats. It's like, good. And the government's response to it has been, oh, we don't listen to these people because they're all left-wing. You know, the famous left-wing Daily Mail. It's it's beyond <laughs> belief. Mm. And meanwhile, here's me, out and about, with my custom mask. Oh, that's amazing! Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm looking at is a man whose lower half of his face, disguised in cloth, looks like a skeleton. And um, he's pressing his tongue on the inside of it so that the mouth undulates. And I'll be honest, I am aroused. And I, I, get, I go out to the shop with it, and I get all these people going, ah, cool, cool mask, and I'm thinking in my head, where the fuck's your mask? Yeah. Yeah. You dumb shit. Yeah. We, we, uh, we haven't made any, but what we've been using is the, uh, you know the ones you do for when you like doing painting and, and oh yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's like the, the 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 industrially workshop kind of ones where there's like a bit metal frame in the top so you can bend it to your nose so it stays nice and tight on your face and there's you know straps those are the ones That's we've handy. been wearing so i've been going out with that and a cap on so i probably look like um random thug in Watch Dogs 2 or something like that yeah but um it just, it's it helping just, and it just i think it hates me the other night at our our i think we've referred to it in the podcast before big asda uh, the other night uh, I went out there. I've noticed the evening is the better time now. Because mm. um, people calm the fuck down and don't go to the shops. But it's the quieter. staff also get weirdly relaxed. And it's like, what are you doing, guys? What the hell are you doing? Yeah. But uh, I was there. I was one of only two people I spotted wearing a mask. I was like, the fuck is wrong with everybody? It was like, there's nobody you get always, this. As a kid, you wanted to play dress up. As an adult, you can't wait for Halloween. Guess what? You can wear a freaking mask you every mask day of the week now. All the time. You can do it. You can be a sexy kitten as long as that sexy kitten's got a mask. <laughs> for Pete's sake. Oh, my God. And everyone Just, knows that oh. every sexy kitten has a mask. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sexy kitten from Batman. Yep. Sexy yep. kitten you, you from keep Batman. Going. You keep riding. You keep trucking. I haven't um, watched any more Harley Quinn since that first episode. I need to get on that. Oh, it's good. I've, I've watched two and three. It's very mm. good. Mm. Um, it is, yeah. It's I'm, my god. It's it's handling of toxic relationships is probably the best the, the best I've seen in a television show for decades. I've been keeping it's up on Rick and so Morty, good. but um, Harley Quinn didn't ca- didn't grab Keats the same <clears throat> way. Didn't, I, didn't get his hooks so in you. We're, we're yeah. not in. I've not really watched it. We've been watching Nightmare Neighbor Next Door instead. Oh, why? That, that's quality television. Oh. That's quality and then in television, spare t- Chris. And then in your spare time playing Hello Neighbor. No, no. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Hello Neighbor's not that good, I don't think. It's got it's... a neat aesthetic, but the game itself is actually not that great. And the fact that it's being turned into like an animated series and stuff kind of defeats yeah. the point. Of, like, it's no longer creepy if it's being turned into this franchise. Yeah. But it's better when um, it's this weird Steam game that suddenly comes to console and it's like, so basically your neighbour might be an android or he might be an alien, but either way he's definitely a murderer and you need to run away from him, but it's all stylized like a cutesy cartoon. It's like, okay, that's interesting. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll yeah. get into it, but I've, I've finally dived into a video game I've been meaning to play for years and I've, I've been having a journey. Uh, a journey to, to Durham, funnily enough. To, yeah, uh, uh, to set your eyesight. Um, do you remember when we talked about comic books and, and, and films and shit on this podcast and not Dominic Cummings? Remember when they made <laughs> films? <laughs> well, well, I got a parcel today. Um, it was full of asbestos. No, I got a parcel today. <laughs> that um, it, uh, it was, a, was a toy filled with sausage meat. <laughs> 
It was <laughs> a single piece of ravioli. Oh god, I kill for a sausage right now. No, I um, I when I come out of panto season in January for the last few years, I've I've always spent like just randomly just spent a hundred pounds on a gift for me, and it's usually been something in the moment, and it's a stupid gift. So the first time was the uh, there was the um, SH Figure Arts Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad because what really cool toy looked great. Yeah, yeah. I'd really grown attached to that design, but mostly because playing Injustice on mobile. Like, that was my most powerful character. I got to the point where I was like, oh, do you know what? I've come around to this design of Harley, weirdly. I've come around. Bought the figure. It's awesome. You've seen it. It's on my little Batman movie display shelf. It's really cool action figure. It's very cool. A year later, I spent 110 quid on the uh, Bandai uh, Iron Spider, which is a pretty damn cool figure. Mm-hmm. Um, like, proper expensive boy, interchangeable eye lenses. The spider can have all sorts of expressions. It's super freaking poseable. It's got a stance. You can like, have it leaping in there. It's got webbing. It's, it's amazing. This year, I went, mm, I wonder. I went to my new favourite site, kapowtoys.co.uk. Not sponsored, but if they'd like to, we'd like some it's, Transformers, please. It's a hell of a site. Um, it's so good. And I went on there and I uh, I ordered uh, a bunch of things, uh, including the Hella and Scourge Dora Ragnarok 2-pack. day later, I found out of Lucy that I'd got that for my birthday. So I went, oh, balls. And I got in touch and I said, hi, can I take that off the order? Can I take that off the order? Within a day, they took it off the order and refunded that item. So I was like, awesome. And then I spent the money I would have spent on that on two more toys, which are both still yet to be delivered. But today I got a package. In the bottom of that package, unfortunately, was the Thor, the Thor Ragnarok Heller and Scourge 2-pack. No! So I emailed, I emailed them and said, Hi guys, um, I've just checked my accounts. You definitely haven't charged me for it. You did refund me for it in January, but it seems you've accidentally put it in this box. Um, obviously someone's just like skimmed the, the order. Yeah, and yeah. All right, put it all in. So I said, uh, how can I send this back to you? Or how would you like me to send this back to you? Thanks very much. Everything else arrived okay. Cheers. Because <laughs> also in the box uh, was Signature Edition Marvel Legends Stan Lee figure. Which is cool. amazing. And cool. I'm never unboxing him. I'm never unboxing him. He's in this beautiful like window package. He's on that shelf at the minute. But he's, uh, it's got Excelsior and shiny letters down the side. It's got a f- uh, print of his signature on the front of the box. That's the cute. figure's based on Avengers Assemble. So he's got a little fold-away chessboard that he can tuck under his arm. <laughs> um, uh, and he's got a Captain America shield with Stan's autograph on it. <laughs> it's like, this is really cool. He looks pretty in box. I'm going to keep him in the box. But what a what a wonderful thing in the collection. But I also got Matthew. And yeah. this is why I brought it up. Speaking of films. Two figures from a movie we should have watched by now. Uh, I got the new Marvel Legends Black Widow movie, Black Widow. Okay. Which is amazing. Pretty decent sculpt to Scarlett Johansson. Um, and it's her in the black grey suit that you see in the trailers. The bloody wrist things, they're full on gold now. They're full on comic book style, Yay. the wrist gauntlets. Uh, so she's got them. She comes with two little pistols, two batons that stick in this pack in her back. And uh, fist hands and gun hands. So a really good figure. Like the smoother, like only toy nerds are listening to this and going, oh yeah. Like smoother articulation. It doesn't feel like you're putting any strain on any joints when you move it. It's it's a really, really cool figure. And the other one I got was Black Widow movie, Taskmaster. Now the bio on the back of the box My is eyebrow super vague. is arched. It's super vague. So no, no news there. It just says Taskmaster. It says it says something like Taskmaster is armed with the ability to mimic the moves of his opponents. That's all it says. So there's no like mm. little. He will fight Natasha Romanoff to this that. They always have like a little bio, but that one just does that. And I'm like, right, mm. armed. He's not. He doesn't have the ability. 
armed, to, which plays into our theory that it's Stark tech that's been modified to respond to moves and everything. Mm. He comes, he comes with, uh, he comes with a gun hand for his bow, and uh, like a fist hand with a little gap in the fingers for for an arrow that comes with him. He comes with a click on shield. He comes with um, uh, a looser hand to gra- grip his sword, uh, and he also comes with a pair of Black Panther-like claw hands, which we see in the, the last of the trailers, where he, like, pops claws. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is quite cool. But I noticed something. What did you I gave the I gave the head a little wiggle. And the oh. mask moved forward a little bit. Oh. Is there a head so, under the mask? I did a little, a little prying with it. I gave it a little twist. And I've seen what's underneath Taskmaster's mask. Is it a ball? It's a ball joint, yeah. yeah. Um, so the identity of Taskmaster in Black Widow <laughs> is a ball joint on a neck. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to report exclusive, guys. We know who Taskmaster is, and that will be the thumbnail. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, um, that's my movie troll. news for this week. <laughs> oh, Epic Zack Snyder troll. released an image of Darkseid that looks like from pre some pre-rendered CGI blood motion shot, or, yeah. or some very low-resolution um, uh, uh, storyboard art. Yes. Uh, concept art. Uh, he's topless. He's Thanos' well, daddy thick. A lot of the uh, the scuttlebutt was that it was not, it was not dark side. It was pre dark side, dark side. So, uh, lighter side. Yeah, whatever he's called before he's called dark side. He has a dusk name. side. Yeah. En Sabineur or some shit. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. May as well be. Um, May as well be. Uh, he looks cool, but. We're in a world where the dark side imitation character has been in, has been in films for nearly ten years already, and is now a household name. It's going to take a lot to convince people dark side is is worth tuning in for now. In terms yeah. of the general, the general audiences, they're just going to go, oh, so DC is sort of doing Thanos, I guess. That's yeah. a bit cheap. Which I think was Even always though, you know that was always going to be a problem we're going to have. I think. But that's why you don't do dark side. Like you yeah, can do dark side, but you, there, there, are, dark there are side, other. You are, you know, they can do Starro. Starro would be amazing. Let's I, be honest, that yeah, would be I, amazing. I know Starro would be amazing. We kind you know of saw Starro it in, would be amazing. But try we kind getting... of saw it in Incredibles too. <laughs> yeah, that was basically a Starro plot. Like the 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 um, what the hell were they called? Screen Slaver was basically a Starro plot. It was take over all the heroes, and they've got some weird shit on their face. Screenslate is pretty great, actually. Yeah. Um, um, but, no, but can you imagine Zack Snyder trying to do Starro? Jesus. I had someone I, on my stream today saying on. to me, I had someone on my stream today saying, like, why can't Marvel do R-rated films like DC? And I said, because they're movies made for children. Like, that's what they should ultimately be. Children's yeah. movies. The or same reason there's not, movies... like, an R-rated Star Wars film. Exactly. Like even or, The Mandalorian, or, which is slightly harder edged than other Star Wars stuff, is still pretty family friendly. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Rogue One, which ends with, spoiler alert everyone, like a lot of death for the characters you spend time with, mm. is still something a kid can watch. And that's ultimately what superhero stuff is. And I know we've just lost a listener, someone's just tuned out, but it's true, guys. All this stuff is content made for children. And there's no shame in you enjoying it. Yeah, That's being, the point. Being Darker made, stories can be told, but they don't being all made have to children, be that. 
doesn't make it inherently lesser. Mm. Doesn't mean it can't be deep. It doesn't mean exactly. it can't be appealing Scary. to adults. Yeah. I mean, Grimm's fairy tales, for Christ's sake. Like, we grew up being told stories mm. of, like, and the witch wanted to eat the children by luring mm. them into a furnace. Like, you know, kids' stories aren't what everyone who ever says, oh, it's just kid stuff, like, thinks it is. It never has been. It People who act like that are just incredibly insecure about the things they enjoy. Christopher, and can Zach, I say Zach something that's going to piss is... people off? Do it. Do it, good sir. We've got nothing else to talk about this week. Doctor Who is a show for children. It is. It's a kid show. No, it's not. It's a family show. It's a kid show. The family can watch. It's a kid yeah. show. It is a fucking kid show. I say that into... as somebody who adores it. It is a kid show. This came up on the stream not long ago. We were talking about like the sort of the the various post Doctor Who revival ad- adventure shows that were on the BBC on Saturday afternoons. Yeah, your Primevals, your Robin Hoods. That were nearly all... Well, just the BBC ones. So, like, Merlin, Robin Hood, Atlantis, etc. And how they, how kind of all of them except Doctor Who failed. And it wasn't because... And it was because they didn't realise that they were children's shows, I think. I think Merlin did, which is why it lasted longer than the others. To yeah, a Merlin figured out pretty damn quickly that it was, it was a... Uh... It, it, it was a, it was and again this is not a derogatory term i of all people do not treat this as a derogatory mm. term it was a cbbc show it figured that out pretty damn very, quickly i just don't think it was a very good show <laughs> which is why <laughs> yeah. i didn't like it um i did not care for it uh but you know i like thing i also you know i like things that are for kids i like i when we had um Kiki's baby brother for the last couple of weeks. He was he got super into the Dragon Prince on Netflix. So I watched a bunch of the Dragon Prince and the fucking Dragon Prince is great. I am unfamiliar with the Dragon Prince. How how dragony or princey is it? It's pretty dragony and princey. I think it's the same guys who did Avatar the Last Airbender. Oh shoot! Okay, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. Um because Avatar the Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra also four kids. Also fucking awesome. Ooh. Um let me just double check that so I'm not talking shit. Because <laughs> I might be talking shit. That's um, what we do. This is Talking Shit, the podcast. <laughs> We're Talking Shit, the podcast. Yeah, it's from it's from Aaron Ahas, who was the head writer of uh, and co-exec producer of the last of Avatar: The Last Airbender. So there you go. It has it has pedigree. Then went on to do the Dragon Prince. Didn't work on Legend of Korra though. I don't think. Which is, but Legend of Korra is also brilliant, um, and it's a sequel series to Avatar: The Last Airbender, which is apparently is getting a live action, a proper live action series version. That could work as long soon. as they budget the living shit out of it. And my recommendation would be, tell an adjacent story to the main show. I, I I think it's it's straight up just Nickelodeon are just doing it again but in live action. Okay, no, don't do that. That's dumb. <laughs> so who That's knows? really dumb. That is really dumb. I, I am not a proponent of this animated thing needs to be live action this time. Like there's no need for that at all. There's no need for that at all. Um I'm all for the other way round, because that means you get to have a more imaginative visual um experience with a, a thing that was live action then continuing in animation but mm. 
You know, that's, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That'd be like, Adventure Time is so popular, we've commissioned Adventure Time for Netflix, the live-action series. No, fuck off. Fuck <laughs> off. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Like, no thank you. Because you're just gonna cast, and this isn't a comment on white, it's a comment on Hollywood stereotypical casting. You're just gonna cast Rebel Wilson as the lumpy space princess, and <laughs> tell, her, tell her to improvise and not learn any bloody actual facts about it, and then we're gonna uh... end up with cats. Uh, uh, cut away to a Rebel Wilson joke. She's not even, I don't know why I'm doing cut. She's Australian, but you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, uh, get off my back, Melissa. Oh, oh my, gl- oh my, gl- oh my gloob. It's, it's glob. It's too late. We filmed it and she's only here for the first hour. Oh my glue. Um, I, having now seen her in several things, I'm starting to think maybe she wasn't ever good. Like she's got some skill, but no, I, I think, don't think she's got. I don't think she's got no, movie I, skill. I think it's the Melissa McCarthy thing where she is good, mm. but she just spends a lot of time being in projects that she doesn't have to put that much effort into. True. Yeah, and, that and that has like, become very evident with McCarthy. Yeah, that's become super evident with McCarthy. Which is in something like, where she she's incredibly really talented. Has to act. She's brilliant. Yeah, but then she, a lot of times she's just in like shitty comedies. It's the it's the Adam Sandler thing. I make films with my friends at lakes and all of our wives are played by incredibly attractive women. <laughs> but actually, and then you put him in someone else's thing. <laughs> yeah. But Adam Sandler is, is annoyingly actually very talented, but just yeah. doesn't but just doesn't bother a lot of the Can't time. Be asked. Like, I could I could really, you know I, I could shit out an uncut gems once a year. Yeah. I mean, but I choose not Trump, to. Have you seen Punch Drunk Love? Yes. He's brilliant in Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. But like, yeah, for every Punch Drunk Love, there's like 10, um, uh... AJ Boo Boo films. Yeah, whatever, uh, Big Daddy or fucking, um, what what was the one where he plays twins? Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill or fucking... Which, which, to be fair, birth, 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 the the brilliant two-part Red Letter Media video where they broke down the whole thing of like here's how marketing works and here's how um you know uh 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 god what the hell's it called but people fund your film what the hell's it called financing Jim- financing yeah and, and the whole uh, uh the promotional stuff and like james bond films basically live off of it apart yeah, from the yeah. last few they just live off of uh cross promotion and like right so heineken are gonna pay us a shitload of money as long as we just have one shot in the film where James is drinking some Heineken. Great. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, and then that's, you know, that that's Adam Sandler's bag. Jack and Jill's sort of dissected by Red Light Media in a really interesting two-part video where it's like, oh, God, yeah. And you can they trace every company going back to here and there. And you're like, Jesus, they're not wrong. This is insane. Um, but put is him that- in a good project and give him a good director who's like, I believe in what you could actually be doing. And you get greatness. Um but I don't think that's going to be the case with Avatar. I don't think anyone's going to look at that and go, we, no. this is how we tell it in live action. This is why it'll be good in live action. They'll just shit it out. That reminds me. Oh. The other Avatar is about to resume production. Oh. The James Cameron Avatar. How? But then again... It's in New Zealand. <clears throat> that's true. And also so, a lot of green screens. So It's in, it's in New Zealand... <laughs> Which is coming into a into a more re- relaxed lockdown because they actually handled things properly, and um, yeah. all all the cast and crew that are going over are going to be in quarantine for two weeks before they resume shooting. And like 
do tests and everything, I imagine. Yeah, oh they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna fly over, quarantine for two weeks, and then resume for production. Okay. So, that's that's carrying on. So... Um, I, I completely yeah. I can I completely condone that if they can obviously do it safely, but also isn't it fascinating that a movie we have been mocking for the longest damn time might actually be the first movie to one, come yeah. back from the dead yeah. <laughs> after this period. Yeah. We've shit on Avatar two, three, four, and five so much, and it might actually be the only yeah. film to come back. Oh, 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 I wonder how many films are going to do the blacklist thing. Oh, what do you, you, how do you mean? You know the the series, the blacklist, where they, they no could, no they couldn't finish shooting the fa- the se- the season finale, so they animated oh. it, they CGI animated it. Oh god, it, and did it you see awful. that? It is so bad. It's it horrendous. Is so bad. It's, it's absolutely horrendous. But it's like, so bad. It looks it like, like a PS two cutscene that's trying to be cel shaded. It it's was so fucking hilarious. Bad. People could have waited. People could have waited. No, they had to get it done. Or hell, sharder it. Just do animatics and and for some voiceover to fill in the gaps. Yeah, they did just do animatics, but they presented well, they it as called, finished animation. They called it a finished animation. Jesus, why? Uh, why? Who 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 made these for them? You know. Um, <clears throat> I watched something yes. today that I've been putting off for ages and ages and ages, and I finally got around to watching it today. A Keemstar video. You shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't no, have done no, it. No, 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 no. Oh, thank I, God. I can quite happily go to my grave without laying eyes on Keemstar or anything about him. For, um, I'm all right not doing that. That's going to be good. Um, You're a healthier man than I. <clears throat> sorry? <laughs> You're a healthier man than I. Yeah. Uh, I finally watched Midsummer. <gasps> Midsummer. Midsummer. AKA the screamy, screamy, this isn't the real vacation <laughs> film. AKA poor, poor Florence Pugh. <laughs> Hey, she's doing all right. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew in. Yeah. No, in that she isn't. <laughs> in that, she's mostly having a lot of old, uh, women in gowns crying and screaming next yeah, to her, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, we're not I, going into too much plot detail for those who you think would benefit from seeing it in its entirety. <laughs> what not, were your thoughts of Midsommar? There's not that much to spoil because you know from going in, it's going to be like, ah, uh, they visit a. Swedish Midsummer Festival, but there's something creepy and weird going on. Uh, no, no. Is this a cult? Yeah, it's a cult. Of course it is. You know that going in. It's just seeing how things descend into just Florence Pugh. The, 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 the shot from the trailer of Florence Pugh looking miserable covered in flowers. How does it get to that point? Well, you'll find out. Um... <laughs> It's it's it, it's um, gonna ha- it's going to happen. Yeah, it's from Ari Aster, who also wrote and directed Hereditary, which was similarly uncomfortable. Yes. It's like two. It's like nearly two and a half hours of just being really uncomfortable, um, and with some really nastily visceral graphic horridness in there. Like there is yeah. some. There are some. <laughs> Because Kanisha was working, as she does, because she works from home at the moment, um, in the kitchen, and I was watching it in the living room, and she came in to, she popped her head around the door at one point, and just, just saw my face, which you won't see on the, on the audio recording, but Chris will see it now, my face was just like this. 
<laughs> oh, oh, yeah. You look like somebody. You look like somebody who's just found a hair in the edge of your dish at the it restaurant, was... and you've you've started to pull it out, and you've kept pulling, and it's still going. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. That might actually be something that happens in hereditary in in Midsummer. Oh God! It sounds like the kind of thing that would happen in that film. Um, <laughs> it's it's not as overtly. Um, Mm. It's not as we've. It's not. It, it's not. It's not. I don't want to spoil. How hereditary. to word this? I don't want to spoil hereditary either. That's so, fine. That's um, okay. There, it's You're not going to spoil shit. It's similar to hereditary in some of its themes, but not in its execution. Okay. Um, and but it is. It, it is similar in that it is. It's very good at conjuring up shocking imagery. Like very okay. shocking imagery, um, and this. Although I don't think that, have you seen Hereditary? No, no. There's a moment. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> oh no no no! You should. It's very good. It's better. <laughs> than, it's it's not. Uh, Midsummer's not as good as Hereditary. I don't think it's good, but it's not as good as it's. It doesn't have the. There's one moment toward uh, in Hereditary where. Something fairly innocuous is happening, and then all of a sudden, one character just erupts into flames. <laughs> what? And you, and you get this. Uh, uh, with, I can't give you any context, or it'll spoil it. But the, okay, but that's fine. Then you get this wonderful shot of just of, of one character transfixed in shock, just staring at as this other character just erupts like a human candle. Jesus and it's an incredible Christ. moment. It's in the trailers, but um, without context again. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a hell of a visual, um, and there's there's some stuff in Midsummer that comes close, but doesn't quite match the sort of punch. But it is incredibly discomforting, and there is some horrific stuff in there. Uh, what yeah. happens to poor Will Poulter? Nothing good. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> He's been through so much, that boy. Nothing good. Yeah, especially if you played uh, Bandersnatch. <laughs> the poor boy has been through so much. You're nothing, doing this again to the boy. Nothing good happens to him or his eyebrows. Um, oh, <laughs> or lack thereof. No, he has got very defined eyebrows. That's I think hereditary. Will Porter's defining feature is his eyebrows. I think hereditary and. Uh, Midsummer are both on Amazon Prime at the moment, so both worth checking out. But they're quite Guys, they're both quite long. They're both they're both in excess of two hours long, which for a horror film can be a bit much. Um, and Midsummer especially takes a while to get going, but once it does, right. but when it hits that ground running, oh yeah, oh oh boy, oh it's almost entirely oh, set. During the day as well. Which is bold for a horror film. Because it looks the place like, where they are in Sweden doesn't really get nightfall. That makes sense. They get about four hours of twilight per day, but other than that, it's like bright sunshine. That could be disconcerting. So the, the whole, I've the been whole, in a country like that. <laughs> it, pretty much the whole thing is set in bright sunshine. And it's... Yeah. It's incongruous and uncomfortable as you'd expect it to be. But yeah, that's an Amazon Prime. That's worth checking out if you haven't. I finally got around to it today. I've got Midsummer, a, everybody. I'm gonna get around to some other stuff probably later in the week. Fuck knows what. What are you talking about? Why have you got all this free time? 
Why are you oh. not in work? Uh, well, you know, I'm why, just... Why, why are you not in, why, why are you not, why are you not in, in work, man? Why are you not in work? What's going on? This, this, this is, you I'm know, we should taking, all be in work. Why, I'm just, why? I'm just taking Why are you staying at home time. all the time? Why, why are you not, why are you not like, why are you not like rubbing up against people in public, man? What's going on? Because my name's not Dominic Cummings. Now, um... <laughs> tell me what you've been doing this week, Christopher. Tell me what you've Masturbating been doing. Masturbating furiously. Oh, oh, this week. Um, masturbating furiously, but also... Uh, on live stream, I have been uh, mostly playing Life is Strange for the first yes. time. Yes, and um, uh, finishing season eighteen of Doctor Who with Lucy in our marathon. And I'll tell you about that first because that's the happy one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, from um, what I know of Life is Strange, it doesn't go to particularly happy places. No, it does not. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. But I'll completely spoiler free, guys. Don't bloody worry. Uh, but how to fucking put? <laughs> uh, so we've been flying through Doctor Who season eighteen, mostly because Lucy's hit that point again where she is absolutely devastated, like she was for Paddy, that it's all about to come to an end. What's about to come to an end? Well, season eighteen of Doctor Who, guys, is Tom Baker's last season. Last season for Tom Baker. Tom Baker's last season as Doctor Who. And w- one would argue that the show never really gets quite as good again as it was with Tom yeah. and Liz. Yeah, there like, are it's, there it's, are there are highlights. Of... There's great stuff with Louise, and there's wonderful stuff with Mary yeah. and, uh, and and Lala. But it's it's a different show. Like it's, for a long it doesn't time. it doesn't just plunge straight downwards, but it is all generally downhill from there. Although it does plateau out at various points to be kind of yeah. level, and sometimes even goes up again a little bit. But it just a never, little, just a little, you know. It, it never quite gets. I think a, up there again. I think based on because we finished Legopolis last night, and I think based on rewatching the documentary on there called um, what's it? called uh, A New Body at Last, which is about the transition from Tom Baker into Peter Davison. Yeah. Uh, which is a great title for that documentary, really. Um, they they go into detail on Tom's relationships, at first with Graham Williams, the British mm-hmm. producer, and then with John Nathan Turner, and also Christopher Bidmead's relationship with Tom, um, mm-hmm. and, and the fact that there was a very antagonistic relationship there because Graham... Graham, Graham Williams, sorry, was uh, a certain way in running the show, and then Christopher Bidmead was very much like a script editor and writer of some of the stories. Going, uh, my word is law, damn it! Why is he? Why is he playing around? What's going on? Uh, yeah. And Tom is very acknowledging of the fact that he became a bit of an arsehole to work with, but he also is he doesn't back down. He's, Matthew uh, Waterhouse in the documentary says what's great about Tom is he's he he doesn't lie about who he is. No, so. He knows on reflection if he's been an arsehole and he owns it. And he doesn't apologize for it, but he's like, yes, I was out of hand there. Sorry about that. But he doesn't go like, I'm so sorry for the way I was. I hope I can make it up to you. He's like, yeah, I was being a dick. Moving on. Yep. And it, it, if Matthew Waterhouse finds that weirdly refreshing, but you can see that he was basically, he was getting a bit tetchy in the role and a little bit angry and a bit frustrated because he was at what I like to call after Adventure in Space and Time. Uh, the Hartnell moment, where the new directors come in and stuff in that yeah, special, yeah. and and he's like, "Right, you need to flick the doors," and he's like, "Right, well, I need to be over here to open the doors of the TARDIS," and they're like, "Just press any switch." He's like, "No, it's it's this one." 
the children will know. And then the column stops working. He's like, right, this need, we need to change the batteries. Anyone know how to, everyone sort of hesitant. He's like, I'll do it myself. And he gets on the floor and opens up the thing. And it's, it's that whole thing of like, when you're the longest running one there, of course you feel a sense of ownership and a sense of pressure to make it consistent. Yeah. And Tom was feeling that. Uh, and the new people coming in weren't obviously sharing the same sentiment. They wanted to do what was best, but he was like, I know what's best. I've been here for donkeys. And he just sort of got the sense that, yeah, now's the time to leave. And the reason I, I bring it was this kind up, of ironic as well that Nathan Turner ended up seeing the show through to the end mm, and making it consistent he, in, his, in his way. Yeah, he brings some really fresh ideas, but he also, like, the one season where he's in charge and Tom's the doctor, Tom is very, like, candid about the fact that he's like, I didn't like what he was doing to it. I didn't like what he what it did for me. I, I wasn't a fan. I really wasn't a fan, and I fought back a lot. And it's like, fair enough. And he, he sort of talks very briefly in the documentary, he says they started putting, like... Because he, he said, like, you know, I used to go drinking with John, because... Like, John Nathan Turner had been one of the uh, production assistants in the yeah, yeah. series. So he's like, I used to go drinking with John, you know, lovely man. But like, as soon as he came in, he started making these really weird changes. These little things. And he sort of says, they started putting question marks on my... And he doesn't even say, he just like, gestures to his collar and the look on his face is like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah. And it's like, good on you, Tom, in a way. Like, good on you. Um, for being that sort of candid about it. Be like, yeah, what, what is the point in this? Why, why are we doing this? This isn't important. It's just a bit much, this isn't, this isn't isn't it? a thing we need to do. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, th- there's a lot that's quite refreshing about how candid he is in it. Um, but also, uh, you can tell the animosity's there. It's on screen. In season 18 in yeah. particular, he's clearly not having a good time anymore. Like, he's not having fun. Um, so, as we're approaching the end of this, and Lucy's getting really sad because she doesn't want to see Tom leave at this point, I was very aware that we might have to power through the last couple stories mm-hmm. for a couple reasons. One, because we dallied with Patrick. Patrick was her favourite Doctor so far in this marathon, and she really didn't want to get to the end, so it took us like a week to watch the War Games. I mean, like, it's ten yeah. episodes long, let's be honest. Oh, like, it's not... true. <laughs> but, but... It's hard to just marathon <laughs> in one go. But she, but she was, you know, she was like, oh, could, could we not watch any tonight? And I was like, that's four nights in a row, and we were like, two episodes in, come on, let's... Let's do Let's it. Let's keep going. Let's do it. And she was like, I don't want to, though, because like, it means he's going to go. And I was like, well, he's, you know he's going to go. And then the next guy comes in. That's how, that's how it works. This is how progress works. Um, and then with this one, the same sort of thing was happening. So we started Keeper Tracking. I love Keeper Tracking. I think it's gorgeous. I quite it's, like Keeper Tracking. It's simple and brilliant, and the visuals are nice, and the set design is lustrous, and Anthony Ainley as Tremass is wonderful, and it's like, oh, can he stick around? Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, and yeah. um, you know it's 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 got so much going for it. And we we watched the first two episodes a couple nights ago. I was like, we'll stop here because we've got stuff we want to do. Um, but we'll go back to it tomorrow night. And tomorrow night was last night, and we did. We watched the first two episodes. Uh, sorry, the last two episodes, and we loved it. And Lucy, who when when it started, was like, "Hang on, that guy's the master, isn't it?" And I went, "Who?" Thinking, "Oh God, she figured it out." She went, "That actor." And I was like. Oh yeah, I mean he's not he's not in this, but you're right. That is Anthony Ainley who will go on to play the master. She was like, "All oh, right." So I was like, "Phew, <laughs> I've kind of I've kind of saved the twist there because I wasn't lying. He's not the master yet. You we're not lying. Um, you just weren't telling the whole truth. From a certain was true from a certain point of view. Um, so you know, I managed to cover that up, and then at the end, of course, a new party at last. And she she just turned to me like, "Ah," you know, I was like, "Yep, there you go." 
she went, when does he come back? And I was like, in the very next story. Do you want to watch it? She was like, oh, maybe not tonight. And I was like, no, come on, let's go, let's go. She was like, oh, but I don't want it to end. The two reasons why I wanted to pull out on through Logopolis. One, Logopolis. Last story of Tom's, if she kept holding that one off, it would be really weird to visit it after like a couple of weeks. So let's get through it. Two, Logopolis. Isn't that great? Um, it's good, I think. I have a soft spot for it, but that's more. To, that's not to do with. That's more to do with the tone of it. Yeah. Oh, the tone's wonderful, and the whole but, the recurring theme of entropy and everything yeah. like is is brilliant. But it's just. But it's not a particularly good story. So, like the actual oh, story itself, so when you break much. it down, like there's there's a wonderful concept in there. This is a planet of mathematicians. They are a computer. They are basically a brain. Yeah. And as the story goes on, you learn, holy shit, they're like a brain, like a nucleus for the universe. Yeah. The, and then being disrupted is going to cause untold chaos in the universe. That is, okay, that's serious. But it's told by spending large amounts of time with people who all look like the professor from the opening of Robot Chicken. Yep. Sitting there with abacuses. Yep. And one mouthpiece. He's pretty good. And I pointed out that the monitor looks an awful lot like um, Noel Edmonds. And then that was it. For the rest of the, for the, rest of the story. For the rest of the story, Lucy kept, quote, Lucy kept quoting the Dick and Dom character Little Noly. For the rest of the story. Like for the re- whole rest of the thing, she was like, Little Noly. Every time he came on screen, I was like, yeah, he does look a bit yeah. like him, Duddy. It's weird. You're not uh, wrong. I'm a bad person. Uh, I'm a bad guy. I mean, yeah, but also, um, you're not wrong. <laughs> But like, it's just, oh, good Lord, it's so plodding. It's so plodding. Mm. And and it's one of those where I was like, Bid me, Bid me's done some excellent writing and his script editing work obviously must be commended because it's very hard to be a script editor of a long-running series like that. But, but, it's like the way he defends the story in the documentary, I'm like, I don't think this is the, is the work of art you think it is. <laughs> it's not that sharp. So it was... Um, it was one of those where I was like, if she puts this off after watching Tracken and then watches this, she's going to be like, the fuck was that? You just wait until she gets <laughs> In- the Castavalva. Oh, well, we're taking a break. Castavalva um, is a break. <laughs> we're recording our review on Friday. Um, and then sometime over the weekend, we're doing our third bonus video and we're watching K9 and Company. Oh, no. Because ob- obviously obviously that came out during season 18's release. So oh, K9 no. and Company. Now, here's the best part. She's really excited because she loves K9. And I, I very subtly keep warning her that, like, right, you do realize that this isn't, this isn't K9. It's, it's K9 and Sarah Jane shoehorned into a weird sort of proto Sarah Jane adventures with none of the charm. And no kids. Like, are you sure you want to get excited for this? She's like, yeah, but K9. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to hear his name a lot, mostly over theme music. It's a weird one, though, because Sarah Jane never met K9. No. But the doctor just randomly gave her one. And a K9. There's nothing random about him giving Sarah Jane one. Alright. Uh, no, they were not romantically involved. Bollocks. Joe. Um, so I still believe it was Joe. I still believe it was it was Joe that he was always like, ah, I do thought of wish we'd uh, you know. No, no, he's avuncular to Joe. Mm. Him and Sarah Jane are much more equals. Be blind, be blind, if you will. 
be blind, but uh, mm. I've seen enough creepy. I've seen enough creepy professor-student relationships. Speaking of which, I've also been playing Life is Strange, and ah! uh, without going into too much detail, um, I have no idea why I put it off so long. I think it was just a case of uh, I don't know. I'm not really in the mood for a Telltale. Yeah, Telltale can go suck a fuck. This is so well written. Well, it's not Telltale. Is it? Well, that's the thing. Exactly. It's it's Telltale's later stuff becomes so formulaic. There's good stuff in there, mm. but it, it sort of is like, oh, okay. Whereas this was uh, around during kind of the, you know, the the peak of the uh, of the uh, your choices will determine the future of <laughs> actions. Like choose carefully. Judy which is was life from... is strange actually. Life is strange is uh, 2015. Uh, it's episodic. You can get the first episode for free. I know uh, which then... studio put it together. Oh, uh, Square Enix is the they published it. studio. Yeah, uh, so I'm not sure who it is because usually when the opening is happening, I'm bracing myself to get really stressed. Um, so I am as of this recording. Don't nod. I am okay. As of this recording, oh, that's it. Yeah, don't nod, and the name's like backwards. It's uh, the logo is really weird. Uh, <laughs> but as of this recording, I've done the first four episodes. I'm doing the finale tomorrow, um, and. Uh, oh god, Matt, it's amazing and you need to play it. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying that in that hyperbolic, like, Matt, you've got to, seriously, you've got to get around to it. I'm like, I know you and Keeks especially would love this. Like, no, it's, I know it's, I it's, know right it's good. Up your and, I know, and I know I should play it. And I I used to have it. Well, I, I technically do have it if I renew my PlayStation Plus. But I just. Oh, was it? Was it on PlayStation Plus it. at some point? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I bought it in a sale. <laughs> I bought it in a sale like three years ago and then never touched it. Yeah. Oh, that's frustrating. Um, oh, I mean, I, I would have gotten it after you got it in the sale, probably. But yeah, I uh, I had it as PlayStation Plus for a while. Um, I highly recommend uh, forking out for it in some way. It's I'll always pick it up in, at, so, I'll, I'll pick it up at some point. It's always in sales, but it's... Uh, Jesus Christ, Like it's one of those examples where I'm like, and this is why video games can be better than television. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, there's there's some very subtle, stereotypical like Square Enix, like Japanese translated to American vibes in some of it. Well, no, because it's an American studio. It's not a Japanese studio. That's true, but there's there's some of that sensibility in there. Like some of the direction, for example, is is a bit like you know. Well, no, I apologize. No, it's not an American studio. It's a French studio. My apologies. Okay. But it's, it's got that Square Enix, you, you know, it, when you, once you start it up, it's like, I feel the Final Fantasy here, I feel the Kingdom Hearts, like it's absolutely in its DNA. Uh, and the way but it shouldn't be, sight, because... It shouldn't be, I know it shouldn't be at because all. Because Don't but, Not have, have not have never made any games like that. I know, which is why it's really odd. But what? you also know that Square Enix, I know, that's what I'm saying, because it's like, it's not <laughs> from that cloth, but the Square Enix influence is in there somehow. There's just something about its vibe and execution that fits into that world. Um, it has a more Western sensibility in terms of the storytelling, but just the direction, some of the visual choices, things like that. It's like you can smell the Square Enix execs going like, "Oh, that's cool. Could we have some more of this? Could you put a bit more of that in it, maybe?" Could I know you it do was, some more of this. It was Square Enix who to dictate it should be episodic. Ah, uh, like, yes, they it were, was originally they were... it was originally envisioned as a full. Back when Don't Know we're going to try and self publish it, it was a full. It was one thing. It was but a one when, boy. When Square Enix picked it up to publish it, they were like, "Do it episodic." Make it a because, like you say, this was the this was twenty fifteen, so it was it was in it was after a lot of the Telltale stuff had gotten really successful. 
yeah, it, it, it was becoming the done thing. And uh, it's it's so good. It is so good. I mean, I, I, I don't watch an awful lot of TV nowadays, and I don't say that in like the snobby way. I just, I just don't. I don't really be watching much telly. But Hmm. I I never will again if I'm if all my storyline games are gonna be like this I'm like yeah I can't be asked like TV series it's not that like I'm gonna play the goddamn story uh, I've never been so invested so moved so upset <laughs> by a game like this before it's excellent I just I if anyone's stuck in lockdown and is looking for something to rend the heart from your chest <laughs> and beat it around a little bit. And then stick it back in your chest and leave a love note with it. Um, this is the way to do it. I I can't recommend it more. I really can't. I I'll just, go for that. Oh, oh, good God. Sweet baby Jesus. Uh, Bigfoot's forever. So, yes, that's my... That's Christopher's recommendation corner. Skip through Legopolis. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, just watch all the Watcher scenes from Legopolis. Yeah. And uh, play some Life is Strange. <laughs> Um, um it's milk. Well let's go from your recommendation corner. Oh. To the audience's recommendation corner. Oh that's a segue, a segue, which is always smoother when it's not acknowledged, damn it. As we dig into some emails. With a trowel? Yes. No, I've lost a trowel go- outside. Do you think we're gonna uncover um, these emails like that Roman path has been uncovered this few, the, few days? The mosaic floor, yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It's pretty fucking it's like, sweet. Oh shit. This is what happens when uh, archaeologists are left alone. Yeah! <laughs> so, well, you get on with it. Look, we, we found something really cool, guys. So like, yeah, you fucking did. <laughs> yeah, you did. You found the coolest. Well done. Pretty sweet. Yeah, you win. Um, first one comes in from James. That's what they all say. James says just a bit of nonsense. Um, I should hope so, too. And James writes... Release the Snyder Cut! <laughs> oh, no. I, I do jest, though, my big damn friends, but it does make me think, have WB made a sensible decision releasing the Snyder Cut, or does it set a bad example? Oh, by the way, hello, Chris and Matt. Um, I think we kind of covered how it sets a bad example last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's, it's in the control of the studio. Like, if the studio are like, this is going to make some money, we'll do it. And they could very easily just deliver a film that the, the campaign as a well, whole, all go, we don't want this. This isn't what we wanted. Like, that could happen. I don't know why they're doing it, because the initial rumours of it being a 20 to 30 million price point have ballooned, and the rumours mm. are now that it's closer to $80 million. Oh, God, no one needs that. To finish this. No one I'm needs like, that. That's no, no one needs that movie. fucking money no to, one like, needs that movie. finish a work print. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, um, that sounds like they're finishing it. They're like, it's a finish. It is a we're going to take the stuff that he had and put money into completely. Yeah. So that's uh, you know, there's no need for that at all. There is no need for it at all. Which is astounding because look at how much money they spent on the, the first time round, and it still managed to look cheap. Um, God, yeah, true, <laughs> very true. It did. It yeah. did look. That's not. That's not. It looked cheap. Shitting on it. It did look really bad. It didn't look good. Um, uh, James also writes another thing Chris has said in the past that he doesn't really collect the Doctor Whom figures anymore I haven't myself for years but have you lads heard of the recent announcement of another wave of Binham figures mm. with some exciting with some exciting additions of Sarah and both Romanas as well as the unit family and many others as exciting as this news is 
Is next month actually the right time to release these new sets, or is it irresponsible of character and biscuits and misery? Um, finally, something a bit more personal to me, very important. Oh, oh. Um, I've he been killed noticing, a man, and he's confessing it on our podcast. I have been noticing noticing some strange changes in the world. Two weeks ago, I woke up, and apparently we were in the middle of a pandemic I had no prior knowledge of. No one seems to remember Bond 25 or Black Widow. So the important question that may confirm my suspicions is, have you ever heard of fozzying? Please hurry. I need to know the truth. Help me, Chris and Matt. You are my only hope. Um, fozzying. I think I read somewhere about fozzying. Tell me about fozzying, because I don't think I've heard the term before. Have you heard about fozzying? Uh, Fozzying is, um, so there was an incident during the making of the Muppet movie. Um... Yeah, um, you know, actually, maybe it was, maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was the, maybe it was the, maybe it was Dark Crystal. I, I'd, I'd have to do some reading, to be honest, just to see, just to be sure. B and M, B and yeah, the B and M figure releases. Uh, Black I think, and who, Maltesers. Who's our, who's our lovely, who's our lovely? Uh, this is from James. Again? This is from James. Hey James, James, I think you're overestimating the cultural power. Of the B and M exclusive collector set, I don't know. Um, like they do well, of course they do, yeah. but they're not they're not Beyonce tickets. But they're, I, I they're, think there they're is. They're not Americans being subtly convinced by their dunderhead president that it's okay to go out on Memorial Day weekend. Like it's it's a collection of toys uh, specifically aimed at the adult collector, available at a certain thingy. I say that as someone who is absolutely going to pick up the unit set and the companion for the doctor set. You know, I say that someone who's excited about these sets too, but I, the only people who are going to risk their life in pursuit of getting these sets and going out unnecessarily just to buy these sets are the scalpers who try to sell them for stupid, stupidly hiked, hiked prices on eBay in the first place. And if they get sick, I'm not saying that I want them to get sick, but I am saying karma. Who could say? <laughs> Um, so basically just hey if you're gonna go to B&M to pick them up my friends do what I'm gonna do time it with a shop where you need to buy drink and go and get drinks and while you're there pick up the sets don't endanger your life have you noticed (laughs) that there's always a massive queue outside the B&M near us even when there's no queue outside the other supermarkets there's always a fucking massive queue outside B&M which Means either our B and M is is really practicing, um, you know, like the the minimal customer allowance in store. Well, yeah, because they haven't got a one way system or anything. Yeah, or people just suddenly really want like you know, paint and cheap mirrors, botulism and malaria. <laughs> I don't think that's the name of the store, Matt. I, I'm not sure that's. It is now. Y- you, you, um... want, you, you want the sponsor, right? <laughs> You want the sponsor, right? One of our Doctor Who guys is back with some Warriors of the Deep. Warriors of the Deep. Well, these two come in from Sam. We want to be Warriors of the Deep. Um, Warriors of the Deep. (laughs) These two two emails, I'm not sure which way around they go because... Anyway, I'll do the one that came in first. First. Even though it seems like the one that came in second was supposed to go first. But uh, you tell me. 
Um, well, hello there, you too. Last yeah, hello. Week, last week, I said to you, tomorrow, it's Warriors of the Deep. Three days later, I finished part one and two. The end of the first episode is a oh my god moment, episode two, or what is that? Big picture of the Merka. Episode three, five days after I listened to last week, the Merka has died. 11th of January 1984 to 18th of January 1984. <laughs> RIP. Episode four, seven days after I listened to this podcast, the end was bad, but the whole story is. I'm so, so sorry. It's good. The first story oh. of season 21, the story Earth 2084. Two global superpowers hover on the brink of war. So I liked it. You don't, but that's okay. Stay strong, you two, and I will see you next week. And then... Two days later, <laughs> Sam gets back to us with, Hello, you two. I am back. I have already sent an email for this week, but I forgot to add my name, so I have to do it again. <laughs> you don't. You don't have to do it again. We can tell it's you by your email address, but hey, they're entertaining, so I'm not going to argue. Uh, <laughs> so Warriors of the Deep was originally broadcast on BBC One between the 5th of January to the 13th of January, 1984. That's not right. Oh, well. Uh, so episode one, the Doctor almost died. A great end to episode one. Episode two, or what the hell is that? Big picture of the Merker again. The Merker was okay, but it has now died. R.I.P. New costume for the Sea Devils and the Silurians. I don't like it. I mean, the eyes of the Silurians are horrible, but let's get to episode three and four. So my favorite companion is Turlo, and he's great in this story. So all the Sea Devils and Silurians die. I'm sorry, but I like this. Do you like it? Till next week, I will have a Doctor Who target book, The Mind of Evil from 1983. I hope that it comes when... But it's not coming today, so stay strong and I will see you next week. And if a sea devil comes in your house, do a John Pertwee from Sam. And then he sent us a gif of, of John Pertwee knocking out a sea devil. But what else are you supposed to do with a sea devil? you got to twat it. I'm, I'm enjoying... twat it around its beak. I've got, I've got to say something. I'm enjoying this sort of stream of consciousness <laughs> Doctor Who reviews. They're very exhilarating to read. Um... <laughs> There's, yeah, Warriors the Deep, it's not very good, but I like Silurians and Sea Devils and also the Merc is silly, so go for it. It's not, it's go not on, good. It's I'm not, not saying, good. I'm not saying I don't enjoy it, but it's not good. <laughs> it's not it good. Not, it's not the best thing, let's, no. say, let's say that. Let's leave it at that. It's not the best thing. And there's um, fun to be had with it. I mean, Michael Gray killed the show... Mostly because of one clip from that. So, yeah. what does yeah. that tell you, really? Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad Sam enjoys it. I honestly yes. am glad Sam enjoys it. I wish I enjoyed Warriors of the Deep. I, I can't even enjoy it in a so bad it's good kind of way. It just, no. it just makes me sad. So the fact Sam gets clear enjoyment from the filth. I, I can't enjoy Warriors anything nowadays. I'm just dead inside. Um, last email. Maybe you need to drive to Durham. Yeah, test my eyesight. Uh, this one comes in from Sean. It says, Dear Big Damn Lads. Hey, Big Damn Sean. After the Ruby Rose news about Batwoman, I thought, I, would give my, <laughs> I thought I would give my thoughts on how the show has been for me, having watched it all. Good God. Thanks to, the, thanks to the CW website being free and being able to pop to the US in one click. Nice. Ah, nice. That reminds me of this... doing that. This week's sponsor is NordVPN. We're not being sponsored. We're not Nord sponsored VPN. by NordVPN. Um, Batwoman had a rough start, but it felt like it improved as the season continued post-crisis with fun moments and characters like Alice and Mouse being a great duo. I really like Mary- Mary's character and Kate letting an owner of a restaurant was homophobic and opening a gay bar opposite was a fun moment. Also, Hush has been good, but spent little time with him due to a cut-short season. 
As for the rest of the CWTVDCEU, or Arrow <laughs> Nice. Um, Arrow has had a pretty strong 10-episode final season, ending, ending Oliver's story and even setting up a spin-off with Mia and the Canaries, but still satisfying if there is no spin-off. Flash had a pretty good first half with Bloodwork as a villain, but the second half kind of felt a little slow with Mirror Master, but the truncated cliffhanger finale was pretty fun. Supergirl Season 5. Jesus, Season 5 of Supergirl. Um, that was, makes me that's, terrified that's at how quickly time is going. <laughs> um was pretty similar to the rest of the other seasons, but Lex Luthor, Pro's Crisis, was awesome, with him using Crisis to change the fact that he's seen as a good guy, but he is still the same, Lex. Uh, and Legends of Tomorrow is still a ton of fun with them now fighting historical villains who've come back to life post-death thanks to an Astrain hell like Rasputin who they defeat via Ant-Man and Thanos fan theory. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, Genghis oh. Khan, who takes so long to dig out his grave he ends up in 90s Hong Kong during handover and them accidentally changing Romeo and Juliet into a superhero story called Romeo v. Juliet, Dawn of Justness. Okay, that is enough to maybe get me watching Legends of Tomorrow. That's quite again. good. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's quite good. That's pretty damn um, funny. So, yeah, seems like... I think the CWDC stuff is it's one of those, like, I'm not that interested in watching it, but I'm really glad it exists and it's doing well. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I, I really like it that it's there and that I could go and watch it, but I just don't feel a need to watch it. Same, I, same I, uh, as I was with, like, a lot of Star Trek. The reason why I'm only now what like actually going back and watching all of it slowly um, is like I, I I've seen some Star Trek and I like it and I'm glad it exists but I don't feel the need to dive into it. So although I do like Star Trek more than I the DC CW stuff, but it's the same kind of feeling that I used to have about yeah. Star Trek that I currently have about the CW stuff. It's like yeah, I'm glad you're glad there. it exists and sometimes that's enough. Uh, I don't need to. I don't. I don't really need to watch it, but I'm glad it's there and it's doing well. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll, hopefully that will continue to go from strength to strength. Unlike us. Yeah, we're dying. <laughs> because guess what? Nothing's happening and I'm dead inside. Um, and that's it. It is, ladies week. and gentlemen. It's, uh, oh, it's been a not that chunky boy this week. And that's sort of, uh, this is the world it's we're in. It's been. This is just sort of the world we live in now, guys. And these, these are the hands we're given, is, you know? Use them and just have a wank. Um, <laughs> Dirty boy. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's uh, go fly uh, a kite. Don't f- but don't because that get means on going at outside. Big Damn Cast at Twitter. We'll we'll chat yes. some shit on there. Uh, don't forget to tune into the streams. Twitch.tv forward slash Big Damn Stream. I'm currently playing Doom Three. Bit of spoopy bit from yesteryear. Uh, Chris is going through Life is Strange on his channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash official CDJ. Um, if you do have anything to share with us, and please feel free because uh, I'm not getting joy from anything anymore, then bigdamncontact at gmail.com. We're in a void. Stay safe. Big love. Don't go to Durham. You fuckwit. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm the moon. Uh, so, be good to each other, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the flip side. It's gonna be. We're gonna be back together eventually in the same room. But until then, I don't know what we're doing. Say so your catchphrase. Lick, lick, lick my balls. Hey, he said it. Take a shot. 
Eh, 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 eh,